Okay, so it was finally my turn to take my kids trick-or-treating. The previous year it was my wife's and we trade back and forth like every year. My son and daughter are age 7 and 9. Usually I stay on the street while my kids go to the different houses to collect candy. After about a half an hour of walking around, we came to one of the more popular hotspots for candy collecting. A main street right in the neighborhood. Lots of really cool decorations and animatronics on people's lawns. So I became a bit distracted and I stopped watching my kids closely. At one point they had came back from a house accompanied by another girl about the same height as my daughter. She was wearing a really weird homemade mask, like some kind of cardboard cutout or something. My daughter then asked if she could go trick or treat with us. So I said sure and we carried on together as a group. I didn't know who this girl was but I figured she was just a friend from school or something. As we continued, I started to notice a really large man trailing us. He was wearing some sort of angry cat mask. It was kind of creepy to be honest. I thought that maybe he was the father of the girl, so I tried to start up some small chat with him. I think I said something like, um, nice weather, huh? But he didn't respond. He just stood there staring at me while our kids went up the stairs to the next house. I tried again, then asking, Hey, is that your daughter? He then nodded, but he still didn't say anything. I figured he just wasn't in the mood for chatting, so I just stopped trying. We carried on for about another 15 minutes until suddenly my kids came up to me and said that they wanted to go home now. This really surprised me as we hadn't even been out for too long, and I mean their bags were only about a third full. In any case, I agreed. We then waved goodbye at the man in the cat mask as well as his daughter and then started on our way home. The really weird thing is that when I glanced back at the man and his daughter, they were just standing there staring at us. I went to check one more time as we turned the corner and they were still standing there, not having moved at all. At this point, I decided to ask my kids. So, um, who was that girl? My daughter then looked up at me with a really confused look on her face. She's your friend, my daughter replied. Pretty confused, I asked her what she meant by that. Apparently the girl with the cardboard mask had approached my kids and said that she was a friend of mine. She then went on to tell my daughter that she was too shy to ask me if she could join us to trick or treat, and apparently she wanted my daughter to ask me instead. I laughed at the story and then replied to my daughter, why would you think she was my friend? I don't have any children friends. What my daughter said next absolutely chilled me to my bones. According to her, when the girl with the cardboard mask approached them the first time, she wasn't even wearing the mask, so they were able to see her face. As it turns out, she wasn't a girl at all but actually an older woman around my age with wrinkles on her face. What's even more disturbing is that the old woman had started to steal treats from my daughter's bag apparently when I wasn't looking, and this is why they asked me to go home. This strange old woman was creeping them out and they just wanted to get away from her. I brought my kids home and I told my wife what happened. We made absolutely sure to check through all their candy, but we never found anything suspicious or off. 
We didn't call the police or anything since, I mean, nothing really happened. But looking back on it, I really kind of regret that decision now. What the heck was that old woman doing? And who the hell was that man that was following us around? I don't think I'll ever know. I find it really sick that there's people out there on Halloween hiding behind masks pretending to be children. It's just sick. This happened almost a decade ago when I was 13 years old. I remember my friend and I were really excited about our first time trick-or-treating without our parents. We lived in a small town where nothing ever really happened, and we thought it would be the same that night. It started like any other Halloween night. We collected candy, ran into many of our classmates, and had a lot of fun. At about 8pm, we realized we had to head home, but on the way back, we dropped by our teacher's house. She wasn't home, and the street didn't really have many street lights. To add to this, most of the houses had their lights turned off, as well as their Halloween decorations being taken down. My friend and I were slightly spooked and really disappointed by the lack of candy. We wanted to get out of that street as soon as possible. That's when a man then emerged from under one of the street lights. It was a police officer. Neither one of us seemed to have noticed him before this, possibly due to the darkness. He really startled us, but he seemed really friendly. The cop introduced himself and then pointed to an inconspicuous bungalow. He said an older man living in this house was apparently inviting trick-or-treaters inside. Someone called the police, but when he arrived, no one was answering the door. He then kept telling us that his police car and partner were just around the block. We started to look around, but we couldn't see them. I was a pretty paranoid kid. Growing up, my mom always really loved watching crime shows, and she would always tell me these little tidbits of lessons. Well, one of these happened to be a story about fake cops. Although I don't really remember the details, I remembered that people can pretend to be police officers in order to gain trust. Throughout this whole exchange, I was terrified. His lack of badge, police car, and partner just didn't feel right to me. I was also really conflicted because he was smiling, and he seemed like he just really wanted to help us. That is, until we then heard his really strange request. He said he needed to speak to this potential predator, and he needed our help. Since we were young girls, the man would answer if we knocked. The officer claimed that he would hide behind the bushes next to the front door. He would wait for him to invite us in, jump out, and then catch him red-handed. Right at that moment, I knew that my friend felt the same way that I did. Now, we both fell silent, but one of us managed to ask if we could talk it out. The cop said yes, but told us we had a limited time. The street was silent, and he could hear everything. I remember the feeling of wanting to say something, but fearing he would hear us and then escalate the situation. We kind of just stared at each other for what felt like forever. The cop was getting increasingly impatient, and he told us we had to decide quickly. Around that moment, a family came down the street and noticed the officer. They were coming over to see what was happening. That's when the cop said that he'd be right back and did not go anywhere. My friend and I then scrambled to collect our thoughts and we decided to run away. 
We sprinted out of the street and we didn't look back. On our way back home, we had discussed theories that ranged from him being a fake cop, him playing a prank on us, or maybe him being a real cop, but we misunderstood the situation. When we told our parents, we downplayed it a lot and doubted our experience. In the end, we didn't call the police, but our dad drove to the house as well as the area around the house. No cop cars or police officers were in sight. Over the years, I can definitely say I regret not calling the police. I mean, at the time, my friend and I were just convinced that we both misunderstood what happened. We even told our class the next day, and most, including our teacher, thought it wasn't alarming. Looking back, I find it extremely strange that a police officer would put two children in such a potentially dangerous situation. I really wonder what his motives were, but unfortunately, it'll remain unsolved. I guess that's just how it is. For a little background information on myself, I work for one of the largest haunted houses in the United States. My family has owned and operated this location for more than 30 years. I'm not going to say exactly where it is, but I will say that most people probably know it. The event I'm about to tell you happened around 2005. For more obvious reasons, October is one of our most busiest months. We often hire people that have worked for the haunted house before. And when we were short staff, we will ask the co-workers to see if they have anybody they know that would be interested in working for the season. So this particular Halloween event, we had going on, we were desperate for staff, as the town was having a large event, and it brought a crazy amount of traffic through our location, more than usual. Now back in these days, we didn't really have Craigslist, or indeed to hire people. It was more word of mouth, or we could put an ad out on the newspaper. So with that being said, one day we have a man who was in his early 20s. His name is Joseph, and he appeared to be a drifter. Now, some of you that don't know what a drifter is, it's more or less just someone that's homeless, that likes to travel a lot. Now, this wasn't too uncommon in our town. It was kind of a hot spot for this kind of activity. I gave Joseph a pretty formal interview. I knew that he wouldn't have any documentation, and offered to pay him under the table. Joseph had experience working with special effects and makeup. At least he said he did. So I didn't really question it. I told him what time to start. And I paid him a little bit up front. Because he seemed to be a little bit down. And it seemed like the right thing to do. Joseph was going to start Halloween day. And would be doing the makeup on all the staff. Everybody seemed to be having a good time. Families were coming in. Tickets were being sold. In about an hour into the event. I had a couple of regular employees come to me saying that they smelled something that resembled blood, or like that of hard copper smell. If you've ever worked for a butcher or by a slaughter plant, you'll know what I'm talking about. I hadn't really thought about it at this point, but as soon as he mentioned to me, I also smelt it. It was very odory and strong, and as I passed by my employees, it became stronger. I noticed that my employees were covered in fake blood, but as I looked at it, the way it dried on their skin looked all too real. I asked them where they got this fake blood from, and almost simultaneously, they said Joseph. Now keep in mind, I'm trying to run this event, and we have close to 40 employees there, as well as close to 100 people walking around. But finally, I come up to Joseph, and I could see his hands covered in the same substance. 
as I approach him, the smell hits me like a brick wall. Now at this point, I know for a fact that it's actually real blood. I asked Joseph what the hell he thought he was doing, and within seconds, the man lost his shit. I mean, he absolutely screamed and yelled like somebody was stabbing him. Up until the point, he seemed so calm. Already, eyes were starting to look at us from around, and I was trying to calm down the situation to not start a panic. I told Joseph we could talk about the situation in my office. What he did next was something straight out of a horror movie. Joseph goes on to pick up the bucket that he was using, runs right past me and to the others into a large crowd of people, and tosses the bucket all over them. I just stood there with my jaw wide open, not really sure what to say or do. As I was trying to piece together everything that was happening, Joseph got away. I couldn't find him anywhere, all the while trying to comfort everyone, telling them all that it was just a joke. And another employee had called the police by this point. They arrived within a couple of minutes, and I had a lot of questions to answer, but no answers to give. The guy didn't give me any idea, so I couldn't tell him exactly what his real name was. All I knew was that it was Joseph. The only thing I could tell them was a brief description of him. He was tall, lanky. His skin seemed sun-dried and damaged despite his age. He had long black hair and, surprisingly enough, a perfect smile. They never did find out who it was or what his intentions were, nor did we ever find out where the blood came from. And I think it's the scariest part of the whole situation. This happened back in 2015. Let's get the obligatory backstory out of the way. I'm the eldest of three brothers. At the time, my brother Eli was 7 and Danny was 12, and I had just turned 17 a week prior. My parents have always been a couple of party animals. Whenever the holidays would come around, they would always go out and have a few drinks with friends, leaving us home with a babysitter until I was about 14. Then it became my responsibility to watch after my younger brothers. There was this girl who was my age named Shelly who lived across the street from us. She had a brother named Charlie who was the same age as Eli, and they were very good friends. I used to have a crush on Shelly, but I never said anything to her because of the usual teenage awkwardness that we all go through. By the time I grew out of that stage, Shelly had already been through a few boyfriends. Now, I don't mean to sound mean or anything, but Shelly had horrible taste in men. She would always go for these wannabe gangster types. The type of loser who you'd see arguing with the desk clerk at the DMV. It was like these dipshits came off an assembly line or something. I swear, she'd drop one loser only to get with another guy who was exactly like the one she just dumped. Anyways... By the time I turned 17, I had gone through a pretty drastic physical transformation. I was much taller and stronger than most kids my age. My father is a very big man, 6 foot 4, 240 pounds, and it seemed that I was shaping up to become just like him. When I started becoming bigger, Shelly started coming around more and more, flirting with me and whatnot. I was always nice to her for the most part but I honestly had no interest in being in a relationship with her at that point. I mean, after seeing the kind of trouble she brought around. She was one of those girls who thought bragging about how she hung out with gang members and smoked weed was just so fucking cool. I found it to be repulsive and annoying. 
So the day before Halloween, I was working on fixing my dad's lawnmower. It had been giving us some trouble lately, and I was checking out the motor to see what the issue was. I was working in the garage and had the garage door open. It was simply just way too hot to be inside the garage with the door closed. I can't remember the exact reason, but I was in a bad mood that day. So when I looked over my shoulder to see Shelly standing there in a really skimpy outfit, I just instantly became aggravated. Hey, Mike. She had said in an irritating, seductive voice. I let out a groan under my breath before I responded. What's up, Shelly? Can I help you with something? Oh, I was just wondering if you wanted to go somewhere and have a little fun. Um, no thanks. I think I'm good. (laughs) Stop playing. I've seen the way you look at me. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, if you don't mind, I'm busy. At this point, I was beginning to lose my patience. Don't be that way. You know you want this. The only thing I want is for you to get the hell out of my garage. Isn't there some other dickhead you can bother? I couldn't believe I said those words as they left my mouth. I'm usually much nicer to her, but this was the first time she had ever come on to me. I knew it was going to happen sooner or later, but I didn't really plan on being so aggressive when I turned her down. Are you fucking kidding me? You're turning me down? Um, yeah. Can you please leave now? You idiot. You're gonna regret this. I just shook my head as I watched her stomp off. I didn't take her threat seriously. I just chalked it up to her not being able to handle rejection well, and then went about my day. The next night was of course Halloween. My parents were invited to an adults only party. They told me that I was to take my brother's trick or treating and to not wait up for them as they wouldn't be back until the next day. So I did what I was told and I watched over Danny and Eli as they walked from house to house collecting candy. After about an hour, we saw a little boy in a ninja costume standing in the street. The boy was crying his eyes out and asking where his sister was. To my shock, the boy was Charlie, Shelly's younger brother. I asked him what happened. Charlie said that he was trick-or-treating with his sister and that when he got back from getting candy from the house across the street, which had a really long driveway, his sister was nowhere in sight. I was pretty much instantly worried. I thought something might have happened to her, so I immediately called Charlie's mother, Shauna. Shauna was enraged upon hearing that Charlie was all by himself. She went on to say that her and Shelly got into this huge fight earlier that day because Shelly wanted to spend the evening with another boyfriend instead of taking her brother trick-or-treating. She suspected that Shelly ditched her brother then ran off with her boyfriend. I didn't want to get involved with this family drama, but I offered to watch after Charlie and take him trick-or-treating with my brothers around the neighborhood. Charlie and Eli were buddies after all. Shauna thanked me and she said that she would deal with Shelly as soon as she found out where she was. I thought it was pretty shitty for Shelly to ditch her brother and run off with some guy, but it wasn't my problem. I was just going to make sure that Charlie had a good time and then got back home safely. However, I was not prepared for what happened later that night. The rest of that evening was pretty uneventful. Being around Danny and Eli seemed to really cheer up Charlie. Charlie was a good kid. 
I'm glad I was able to save his Halloween experience and distance him from the chaos that was undoubtedly waiting for him back home, at least for a time. I would say around 9 o'clock was when we dropped Charlie back off at his house. Shauna answered the door and thanked me for looking after him. I could tell she was very upset about the situation. Me and my brothers came back home and after watching a horror movie and going through the candy, I then made them wash up and get ready for bed. After the boys fell asleep, I settled down in my room and began going through my phone. Just as I was starting to nod off, I was then startled by a really loud smack at my bedroom window. I could hear a muffled voice coming from the other side. I couldn't make out what was being said, but I clearly heard a male voice saying the word motherfucker multiple times. Don't ask me how, but I just somehow knew what was going on. Now, you may be thinking that someone may have been trying to break in, or maybe some psychopath was lurking around the backyard with a knife, but I promise you what was actually going on is much dumber than you could possibly imagine. I recognized the voice that was outside my bedroom window. It belonged to a guy named Derek. He was a scrawny jackass who used to go to my school, but he was expelled for dealing drugs in the bathroom. A real winner. He, of course, had an on-and-off relationship with Shelly. As I said, I knew why he was outside my house knocking on my window. I believe that Shelly had reached out to him after I turned her down and concocted some bullshit story about me being rude to her or something, and this dork had the audacity to come and provoke me at my home. I have a zero-tolerance policy for anyone who comes to my home looking for trouble. I calmly got up and walked to my back porch and saw Derek looking right into my bedroom window, which was next to the porch. Shelly was standing behind him with her arms crossed. I opened the door and stepped out into the back porch. As soon as I did, I was assaulted by a freight train of insults from the two delinquents. Derek had a pocket knife in his hand and was walking up the porch steps towards me. As soon as I saw the knife, I immediately sprung into action. I rushed right for him and shoved him backwards off the steps. He then hit the ground hard. Before he even had a chance to get up, I was towering over him and hitting him in the face with a closed fist. After about the second or third blow, I could see that he was out cold. Blood was gushing from his nose and mouth and he was twitching really badly. I knew if I continued pounding on him he'd be drinking through a straw for the rest of his life and I really didn't want that on my conscience. I got off of Derek and looked over to Shelly who was standing there with a look of absolute shock all over her face. I was so disgusted with her and I gave her some parting words. Did you seriously ditch your brother tonight so you could get with this idiot and come after me? That's really fucking sad Shelly. You're so pathetic. Get the hell off my property. I'm calling the police. It wasn't until I turned around and started walking back up the porch steps that Shelly started shouting at me. You son of a bitch! I'm no gang members! They're gonna come back here and kick your ass! I shit you not, when I turned back around, there were two police officers that appeared behind Shelly with their guns drawn. Shelly was still shouting at me, completely unaware that the cops were literally right behind her. All I could do was smile and fold my arms and watch as Shelly's face turn completely pale when one of the officers then told her, Shut up and put your hands in the air. After everything was said and done, Derek was taken to the hospital with a concussion, a broken nose, and several missing teeth. 
he would face trespassing charges as soon as he recovered. Shelly was kicked out of her house for the stunt she pulled that night, and I haven't seen her since. I do sincerely hope that she learned a lesson that night and that she's turned her life around for the better. There's a couple of more things I'd like to say before the story ends. The first is that if you have younger brothers or sisters, you should make sure they enjoy their Halloween, even if that means you have to cancel your own plans. Halloween is a very special night for children, and there's only a handful of years they have to really enjoy it. The second is that if you show up at someone's house with a knife threatening them, you better have a good dental insurance plan. I'm a 31-year-old female, and I live in Canada. Since it's close to Halloween, what better time to share a really scary experience that happened to me than when I was 18 and around there? I absolutely love October, Halloween, and horror. I live near a large popular park with a zoo, and they host events sometimes during the spooky season. At the time, they were having a Halloween event with food, candy, activities, as well as scares. The theme of this night was Sleepy Hollow. I, of course, was so stoked. I mean, I love Sleepy Hollow. I ended up going with my mom, brother, aunt, and cousin. It was cold that night and held the unsettling yet magical atmosphere October has. We had to wait outside in a line for a long ass time, but finally made it inside the gates. We went to different booths and attractions. Time was passing fairly quickly, but everything was super cool and going well. There was one more thing that I wanted to see before we left. No one else wanted to go through this course with me that was Sleepy Hollow based, so I just decided to go alone. This park is built into a really wooded area, and they had hired people who dressed in costumes. There was a long creepy trail that you had to go down to get through the course. I had a pit in my stomach and I thought that maybe I shouldn't go, but some of the actors then snapped at me. Hey, are you going or what? Hurry up, make up your mind. It's not that scary. Are you scared? So right at the last minute I thought, what the hell? Why not? So I entered and there was no going back. I slowly made my way down the path which had thick fog and some dim Halloween colored lights along the way so I could see where I was going for the most part. I turned around and I saw my family walk away in the distance. Oh, just great, I thought. They told me that they were going to go on the other side of the trail so that when I was done they'd be there waiting for me, but I had saw them going in a different direction. I turned back around and most of the actors were now behaving how they usually do at attractions. Get in your face, pull on your sleeve, say creepy or dumb crap to you, the usual. As I made my way down the trail, it started getting darker and there was less lighting but the same amount of fog. There was also less actors the further I got. I ran into Jason who had grabbed onto my sleeve and then followed me a few steps, then moved to someone else. I told him, dude cool costume, and then kept going. Who doesn't love Jason? He's definitely one of my favorite horror movie characters. There was also a few actors dressed as a clown, witch, and a vampire, and they had circled me around laughing like morons and kept trying to get in my way, pretty much just prancing in a circle, but then they moved on to other people. 
Now, here's the thing about me. I really love horror things and dressing up, and I understand that these actors' jobs are to scare people. However, I don't like being pushed, grabbed, or to have people in my face when people act over the top. It's just really not cool to me and they need to know where to draw the line. This is the very reason why I don't go to events like this anymore. So after I made it past the group of a really annoying prancers, I then picked up my pace. It was getting really colder out and darker. I started to have a feeling like something bad was going to happen. Then I thought to myself, this trail is supposed to be Sleepy Hollow themed. Well, where the hell is Sleepy Hollow then? A few moments after I thought this, I then heard rustling in the trees. Cue cliche. I then moved back and I was getting ready to run. Who knows, I mean maybe there was a serial killer hiding in the forest. I mean, a few people did get stabbed there before. All of a sudden, a guy dressed up as the Headless Horseman then popped out of the trees with a real black horse. It was amazing, but it really startled the crap out of me. He said a few lines from the movie then trotted away down the path behind me. I heard some people's screams and laughs echo in the distance. At least I knew that I wasn't completely abandoned on the trail. I proceeded forward but felt really creeped out, like someone was watching me or something. I started walking faster, arms tucked close to my body, shivering from the cold, and my only focus right now was to get the hell out of here. All of a sudden, there were some actors randomly positioned trying to act scary or high. Not really sure which one. Then there was a really tall guy dressed up as Freddy Krueger. He was standing right in the middle of the trail staring right at me. I got a really eerie vibe from him and I was ready to throw a punch if he was going to do something to me. I made it past the other actors who were annoying me and I made it to Freddy. Awesome, just my luck. He walked right in front of me. At this point, I really wasn't in the mood anymore for loud mouths to be cackling in my ear, grabbing my clothes, or screaming like lunatics. I just really wanted to find my family now and go home. Now, I'm fairly tall for a girl, and I'm not the kind who gets scared easily. This guy stood at least six foot two or six foot three, and he wasn't a stick. I then laughed and said, Okay, dude, I'm triggered. Cool costume. Classic movie. Now let me get past you. I go to the left and he quickly steps in front of me. I go to the right and he moves in front of me. I try going far left and then he blocks me yet again. I don't mess around and I really have a temper. So I get really pissed off then say, Dude, what the hell is your problem? Some people like you take this crap too far. Now leave me alone and knock it off. I go to walk and he then pushes right into me and he won't let me go past him. I snap at him again. Dude, back the hell off. There's gonna be a problem if you don't screw off. You hear me? He then just stands there staring at me. I can hear his heavy breathing. Then a bunch of people come down the path and luckily I'm able to blend in with the crowd and go past him. I then turn around and I see him trying to look for me. He really wasn't focused on anyone else but me. I start jogging trying to get out and I hear heavy footsteps right behind me. Guess who it is? He then grabs my arm. I pull away from him and then he tries grabbing me by the waist, but I manage to run past him. 
Then he catches up to me, actually grabbing my arm yet again, but more forcefully, and pulling me towards him. I tell him to let go of my freaking arm or he's going to be sorry. He grips it even tighter now, and then he says in a creepy tone, Don't you get it? You're mine. Then goes to grab my other arm and tries dragging me. So I knee him, then shove him really hard, and he lets go of me. He tries walking closer to me, and I yell, If you freaking touch me again or stalk me anymore, I'm gonna call the cops and knock you out. Back off. He kinda just stands there, slightly turning his head to the side, and then starts walking slowly towards me. I raise my fist and channel as much anger and hate that I can, and I tell him again to let it go. He then stops walking and stands there. I turn around and run as fast as I can, checking ever so often making sure that freak is where I left him. I finally make it to the end and then one of the actors yells, Whoa, 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 slow down. We don't want someone getting hurt because you're running like that. I've had enough and I tell him to shut the hell up. I then tell him about the guy on the trail and that he needs to be dealt with accordingly. The guy kind of looks at me funny and just says, Wait, a guy dressed like Freddy Krueger? I don't think we have an actor dressed like that. Are you sure? I said. How can you not know for sure if you do or not? He says that it's weird, but he'll have to check with the rest of his staff and he'll be back. Afterwards, my family finally shows up and I then fill them in on what happened. We decided to leave, but the guy said that he would definitely tell security as well as his staff. I really doubt he did, though. Right as we're leaving, I decide to turn around one last time to see if Freddy caught up to me and that maybe he's watching me. And I'm not even kidding. He's out in the crowd, away from the attraction, just standing there, making the cutting motion on his neck. I then yell to my family, Look, he's right there! And then he quickly turns away and runs back into the trail into the dark. My mom then said, Let's just forget this and go home. But I replied back with, Shouldn't we go get that staff member again or something? She says no and we go home. I guess I'll never know for sure whether or not this guy was actually a hired actor and took things too far, or if he wasn't hired at all and I was really lucky to get away that night. But I know one thing's for certain. I don't go to haunted attractions or events like this anymore. Thank God for my no bullshit personality. Otherwise, who really knows what would have happened? There's been real stories where an actual killer got hired at an event and had a heyday. Sometimes you really never know who you encounter. Happy Halloween, everyone. I hope it's a good one.